the thing all right well happy spring everybody you're listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we're a podcast where we three friends get together virtually until safe to do otherwise and talk about one or more horror movies i say that because we're going to talk about probably two three and recently watched we'll spoil the ones we talk about except recently watched we'll try not to uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. I know I'm going to feel tempted in editing to add the Pogues, you know, something from Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash. <laughs> you know, something that really <laughs> kind of adds the, the flavor to this. Um, this episode we're talking about Irish horror. And uh, one of the movies I kind of liked started in Ireland for about five minutes and ended up in Italy for the rest of the film. <laughs> But that's uh, neither here nor there. Guys, who wants to start recently watched? Yeah. Uh, Not much. Uh, Same things this week as last. Voyager, The Expanse. Um, Just not not real big on Voyager. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it. We're almost through season two. And... uh, I don't know. Uh, I did notice a couple times that uh, uh, I can't call it an effect, but a uh, uh, God, what do I say here? Uh, anyway, I can't think tonight. Never mind. We'll cut this bit out. Uh, sure. Yeah. Moving on. So Voyager, not recommended. <clears throat> All right. Jolien, what have you watched? I think I, I sat through Voyager. I wasn't excited by it, but I think I saw most of it. Yeah. It, passing, it passes the time, doesn't it? <laughs> Back in the day. Oh, uh, I know what I was going to say. Yep, go ahead. The, uh, sorry. The appliances, uh, I think, used uh, like the character's uh, makeup. Uh some things show up on high def now not that the show's in high def but you can see a lot better than it was on syndicated television people's contact lenses are never lined up and it makes me crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it no that's that's (laughs) totally valid i don't think uh, anyone would uh argue with that so jolian what about you any anything Uh, good newly watched stuff i watched uh, monster hunter from last year uh the latest uh pws anderson movie with mila jovovich uh fighting stuff so mm. yeah it does what it says in the tin uh, <laughs> also stars tony jar and uh ron perlman uh it's based on of a capcom video game uh, this is a co-production of Japan, Canada, China, and South Africa. Uh, it's got a. My favorite thing is the costume. De- uh, one of the costume designers' <clears throat> names is uh, Perpetua Machucha. Um. So, so you've got like um, Mila Jovovich. She plays a ranger out in the desert, and she gets thrown through a dimensional warp into this another desert, which has giant monsters in it. And uh, she's, you know, she's a ranger. She's ready to kick ass. She kicks ass at the end. Huh. As um, advertised. Uh, some things happen three times. You can, if you have a drink every time you're inside a vehicle when it's rolling over. Uh, 
every time Mila Jovovich has thrown 200 feet into a hard object like a vehicle or a rock and just <laughs> goes huh, and gets up again. Hmm. Uh, every time she fights her friends, like especially Tony Jaa, um, when it when it stops all the uh, pixel bashing for a second or two and you just get Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa just uh, acting with each other, uh, it's quite delightful. Um, that's about two minutes of screen time. Uh, it's uh, made me appreciate Love and Monsters much better. I think that's my favourite mo- monster movie from last year. Um, uh, and that one, you have a. It starts off with a weak hero, and you, you're not sure you even like him. Um, you can't do much apart from reheat minestrone. But he's a. He's you know he's he's in love with this woman. He just takes off after her across this dangerous land, and he you know he he meets people and he learns you know and he, he develops and he, he becomes this uh, a really likable hero. Uh, but in in Monster Hunter, you know, as I say, she's. She she's very capable and uh, she she's a monster hunter and that's it that's as far as the character arc goes. Um, so you know it's fine if you if you want to watch some uh, special effects and and her doing her thing then uh, you know fine. Um, and apart from that, I watched uh, uh, Mighty. Peking Man, which is a uh, giant anthropoid movie from 1977 uh, called Xi Jinping in Cantonese. Um, this is uh, uh, you've got um, an expedition uh, into the Himalayas, brings back his uh, giant ape and his human friend, who's played by Evelyn Kraft, who wears this tiny uh animal skin bikini which which keeps falling off <laughs> uh, go on uh throughout the movie even when she's in hong kong um and it's got it's really brutal you know it's, it's basically king kong uh the ending like really ups the brutality on it it's just merciless um and then i watched a, a trilogy of uh japanese ghost movies from the late 60s um, you know, I've seen these many times, but uh, uh, it's, it's good to enjoy them again. I know it's the first one. It's the uh, it's uh, all about gentrification. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, there's this poor neighborhood which has got this crumbling old shrine in it, and these these rich guys have got this scheme to um, uh, uh, the, the land is worth much more to them if they can just raise it and. Uh, move off all the poor people so they uh that's what they go ahead and do and uh but uh this is a fantasy world so you have uh supernatural retribution hmm. coming to them um yeah so that's, that's what i watched apart from uh the irish movies oh cool well for me um i watched a what was supposed to be one of four parts that somebody uploaded some, uh, you know how you go down a rabbit hole sometimes. I was like, oh, you know what? I need to know more about Martin Denny and uh, Esquivel and uh, Les Baxter and these guys who did all that kind of <clears throat> that mod music that is sort of um, sort of regarded as the tiki culture sound. I found some bits and pieces of documentary stuff that talked about them. And uh, then there was something that said it was like part one of four that somebody uploaded some documentary about uh, the history of the Tiki Bar and all this stuff. And instead of going into part two, three, or four, those were nowhere to be found. It went into bits and pieces of other things that were all about ten minutes long. So I watched um, uh, four or five bite-sized pieces of uh, stuff about the history of Tiki culture. Um, I... The curiosity has been overwhelming me. How bad was Catwoman 2004? The answer is, it is a terrible movie. But it's almost comically terrible. And I don't mean comic book terrible. I mean comically terrible. Uh, She clearly did the best she could do, given the material. But the woman is a way better actor than what this 
stuff is. They went through something like eight different directors. I can't even begin to tell you a list of what's wrong with the movie. It's like everything on the screen at any given moment is just stupid or fake looking. It's really uh, outstanding. I I did a quick uh, search and found out it won seven Razzies, uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards. And it has a 9% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Nine. (laughs) Why so high, you might ask? The costume. (laughs) Otherwise, it gets a zero. Uh, Then uh, I went on to pick some movies that would... Sharon Stone was in that, wasn't she? Yes, and she was wonderful, too. Uh, But I think the whole time they must have just, like, every time the director said cut, they might have just been throwing their hands in the air going, What the hell is this we're doing? I can't believe that they kept a straight face and and actually delivered the dialogue in a somewhat believable way. Doesn't she play basketball in that one? She does, in fact. Um, There's a lot of posing. I I remember seeing that one. Yeah, because the... um, Because it came on TV and I didn't catch all of it but I remember her playing basketball and it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was so bad. Uh, Her love interest was this uh, detective who (laughs) he thought he talked her down from the ledge, but she was trying to rescue a cat. And after she had her cat woman death and rebirth, whatever uh, she runs into him where he is being uh, some sort of an outreach cop to a bunch of kids. And you know, they're going to, talk about staying away from drugs and then go out and play some ball. And that's where she shows up. Ooh. And the the posing and the slithering and the jumping. Ooh, it was just great. (laughs) Oh, now we'll see it again. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, it it's, I I would say if you were having a bad movie night, this has to be in the lineup. Uh, other than that. Yeah. Make make a great double bill with Vampirella. You know, you made me want to see that one. So it, I think a bad movie night is definitely in post-vaccine times. Um, yeah, so I tried to find some things that fit the bill for the Irish horror, and it wasn't always easy. Or it was easy, but the movies weren't good. It had so did neither of you watch Rawhead Rex? Yes, I, I did. did. We both okay, did. Good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'd seen it a long time ago. Same. On on a terrible video. Right. <laughs> yeah, like a like a VHS. Yeah, VHS, probably about 1989, I'm guessing. So uh, it's been a long, long time. That sounds about right because it came out in '86. So yeah, that, yeah, that's probably about right. Um, you know, maybe maybe 1990 or so, but yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> What ha- years. Do, you, do either of you know what happened there? Because, you know, Clive Barker can write something, say, like, oh, previous to this, he had uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser yeah, 2. Yeah, but he wasn't in control of it. That would yeah. explain a lot. Um, I mean, yeah. So, Jolien, do you know what happened? Can you tell us what happened? No. I mean, he, he has no control of it. You know, if someone buys the rights to make a film of something, then uh, uh, unless the writer is... a way more power than the average one then um they have no say in what ends up on the screen yeah and it, you know they're, they're unwelcome on the set is you know the tradition oh that's not cool you know i figured out what what rawhead rex was missing the the character not the movie the character was missing like a red bc rich guitar <laughs> and you know just if he had just been shredding he does look like a son of Glenn Danzig and a warthog, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Does. <laughs> yeah, I think he got I think he got the uh the warthog's height though. In the genetic roll of the dice. <laughs> oh yeah. So Rawhead Rex, um w- Will and I were texting back and forth and I and he was having some trouble with one of the movies being dull and confusing, I think. Um, I know which one. <laughs> tell which me, tell one? me which one. Have, do uh, both names in the title begin with B? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you um, watch Banshee Blacktop as well? Uh-huh. Oh. Tried to? Tried to. Did you get through it? 
Uh, my mind wandered, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't handle it. All the close-ups, the extreme close-ups, was just making me feel way too claustrophobic. And I, I was just like, I can't handle this. And their bad acting on top of it was just, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I was kind of tired of uh, looking at people's ear holes. Yeah, I figured if if there was a cut of it where they just took out the people and showed you the beautiful rainy landscapes, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Yeah, show us some different holes. Um, (laughs) That that makes me laugh because of something that was said in the dialogue. Um, So, do you want me to tell? Do you want me to tell the listeners? Uh, just through someone else's reviews, what uh, what's right and what's wrong about the movie? Uh, are we talking about Banshee Blacktop now? Yeah, because we can make this short. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, you're right. The, the uh, all the shots of of the you know windswept, rainy stuff, uh, the beautiful countryside, that's all really great. Uh, it kind of it kind of puts you in the mood of one of those movies where you feel cold and damp watching it. And uh, that puts the characters sort of in a dangerous place where they're not really sheltered from it. And there is something supernatural going on, but it sort of just shows up and goes away and is boring. So um, here's what uh, a positive, I'm going to read you the top positive review. Okay. Um, I think this was, was this from IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes? Doesn't matter. I think this was from IMDb, judging by the length of it. Um, this person gave it 4.0 out of 5 stars. <laughs> haunting. This was beautiful, haunting movie. Yes, it was ambiguous at times, but things are. I thought it was pretty well explained and yet still left some things for us to wonder about and draw our own conclusions. It was slow-paced, and that isn't for some people, but for me... It, 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 for me, it let the sense of futility and impending doom build as they try to escape their fate. Definitely not from, for everyone, but I enjoyed the movie. So the movie, for anyone who hasn't seen it and doesn't want to, uh, or may want to, it takes place supposedly in Dublin, although it read to me like it was on a, an island off the coast, but, um, or somewhere remote. A seemingly aimless drifter is picked up by police in connection with the disappearance of a young couple on a remote windswept island. Okay, it was months before. Yeah, they, uh, they pick up the guy and they he's in a he's in a police station in Dublin. Yeah. But the story he's he's telling is the island. Yeah, which he supposedly had never left or something? Yeah. He never left it before. Before this, right. Yeah. Um so the drifter is a disgraced monk who turns the table on their investigation and relates a tale of madness, murder, and supernatural. Uh, there's more, but that kind of tells you uh, we're, we're cut into this uh, story of this local girl who uh, just kind of wants to go on a run into the countryside, and there's a love interest boyfriend. And there's some kind of curse on the women of this uh, of the, island uh, yeah. called The Taint. The taint, yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The taint. Uh, <laughs> this. Okay, so now I'm going to read you a negative review, and then if you guys are cool with it, we'll move on to something more laughably bad instead of annoyingly bad. Uh, yeah. This uh, this per this person who left this review gave it one out of five stars, and uh, there's a note here that says uh, this was on Amazon, I think, because it says verified purchase. So it's not just somebody who went on to bag on it for no reason. They actually did pay to see it. It says, I just watched The Passing last night, and this was an interesting parallel. I infinitely preferred The Passing. Uh, This Banshee story, however, was awfully muddled. There's too little backstory. I'll bet a lot of people don't know what a Banshee is. Well, that's kind of their problem. You should just Google Banshee before you watch a Banshee movie. Uh... Was she trying to pull her husband's tongue out in that quote-unquote kissing scene? Why did the rape-slash-murders by the bloody Brits of years earlier cause a taint on the girls now? And what is the taint? Is it madness? 
suicidal tendencies, a predilection for running. The entire plot was, she's got something and they're racing toward someone who can cure her, with a lot of good scenery. Uh, they go on to say, also repetitive and irksome was all the time spent with the two kids running across the countryside. We get it, they're on the run. A lot of the film just felt like B-roll thrown in because the plot was so thin. We got a lot of beauty shots of remote Ireland instead of a cohesive story. I suspect the director just threw up his hands and counted on, it will all come together in the end. It didn't. Check out the passing for a superb film. <laughs> so, all right. there's that. Um, so, did they save us some time by writing all that down? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that someone did like it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the B-roll as you put it, was the stuff I enjoyed. I'm going to yeah. say the same thing. I liked looking at it, except for when they were trying to tell me a story that I just had that tilted, well, it, tilted yeah. head, German shepherd heard a high-pitched sound face. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, I just kept urging the story to go, come along. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm so glad you say that, because we both were just like, this is not engaging. I yeah. just can't get into this. Where is this going? It's just sitting here spinning its wheels. Yeah. It looks pretty and it looks cold and wet. Yeah. I wish they'd wipe the camera. Exactly, off. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a real fast way of pulling you out of a scene, you know, splashing, getting the something on the lint. Yeah. Yeah, use a hood or something. Yeah, yeah. It could be done. Yeah, you could hold an umbrella over it. Yeah, it kind yeah. of kills, kills the atmosphere of isolation when, when you know there's a guide standing right next to them, you know, <laughs> focusing on their ear holes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the uh, shaky cam behind the running was really too much. It's like, why? What? Why are you doing this? This effect doesn't do anything. Uh, so much running. Yeah. Yeah. It was very Blair Witchy. So no, the Blair Witch was a masterpiece compared to this. <laughs> Blair Witch Two was a masterpiece compared to this. <laughs> hey, that had jerk face in it. Book of Shadows. Yep, look it up, people. There is no book of shadows in that movie. No, no, they stickered over some other script with with Blair Witch stickers. That's all they I think did. So. You know, I forgot they they remade the Blair Witch in like 2016. Right. Yeah. With uh, drones, yeah. I, I, it it was so insignificant. It came and went. I didn't watch it, but I forgot all about it. And then something came up this past week. I was watching some movie reviews of years past, and they reviewed it. And I was like, "Wow, total memory hole." I don't remember that yeah. coming out at all. I was so disappointed because it was like Adam Wingard, the guy did uh, Your Next, which uh, yeah. uh, was oh, yeah. excellent. And so I watched that and it's like, eh. oh, yeah. It, that? it wasn't a remake. Oh. It was a uh, sort of a years later sequel. But the original was called The Blair Witch Project, and this was called The Blair Witch. So it, oh, it comes across yeah. like it's a it's like it's a Nightmare on Elm Street style remake. Yes. But it's not. Uh which I maybe that would have been a better idea to just remake the thing. But so, uh, what else did you guys watch for Irish horror? Just raw head rats. I was, I was going to say with a banshee blacktop. It's like uh, my I, my mind was wandering, you know, when I was just when it's just extreme close-ups of people, and uh, I, I thought, oh, this make a good title for a seventies horror biker movie. If you had an yes. actual banshee and uh you know out on route 666 and you know you could have a uh, an amazing poster with her with her hair streaming and her screaming about something and yeah and uh like caption like uh uh death on two whales or something like that oh yeah Ooh. yeah i'd like to see that and then I, I checked how how much the film had passed and i was 17 minutes in i thought oh, oh. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I th I, yeah. I think that was probably about about twenty minutes in. I was just like, "Oh look, the the Amazon, the PlayStation is backing us out of this somehow." <laughs> just 
wow, it's magical. It, it turned the expanse on. <laughs> Give me just a I second. Guess we'll have to watch the expanse. I gotta let the okay. dog in. Okay. <laughs> She's scratching. Uh, I want that poster. I'll have to do it. <laughs> so, for listeners who aren't familiar, who want a definition, uh, a banshee is a female spirit in Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member, uh, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. Uh, that's a form of vocal lament for the dead. Her name is connected to the mythologically important uh, tumuli or mounds that dot the Irish countryside, which are, uh, I think, fairy mounds is another way to, to say that. But uh, the banshee is something that you should hear screaming in the night. And if you see this creature, it should really frighten you. And yeah, I'm out of death. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't we yeah. all seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Yep, that's where I got all my knowledge of Irish folklore. <laughs> there's a good banshee in that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a really good banshee in that uh, one. Crow the Banshee. Um, yeah. Jack, Jack the Giant Killer. Wow. We got a, we got a few banshees yeah. we could check out. Uh, so, do you guys want to hear about a couple other that I watched? Yeah, <clears throat> what you watch? Jeez. Well, I, I can gloss over them. I remembered there was a movie where an artist goes to Ireland and stuff happens. And I was like, I kind of remember what happens. I need to rewatch that movie while trying to find that movie, which I discovered was called don't leave home, which was from 2018. I discovered midday demons, which was from 2018. And this one, I'll give you the the, uh, description here. The summary is, Megan, a successful Irish artist, lives in Dublin with her husband, Leo, an Italian who emigrated there several years ago. After receiving the news of the death of Leo's uncle, who's a monsignor in the town church, uh, a very powerful Catholic priest, uh, his death has prompted a campaign for his, um, uh, what, what, what do they call it, uh, canonization? They, they want to make him a saint. Yeah, because, yeah. So he's uh, become uh, known for some miracles that he performed. Uh, so they they travel there, and I'm now just sort of summarizing on my own. Uh, strange things start to happen that the wife is witness to. Now, the reason I'm not trying to shoehorn this into this episode too much is that about the first five to ten minutes take place in Ireland. And so you've got this one pale, red-haired Irish character who is in Italy the rest of the time, and everything else is very much Italy. So I think this is... We know Italy's full of ghosts and witches and spookies. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I don't want to spoil this because I think you guys might like this one. Um, There are some moments where you start to get that feeling from Rosemary's Baby where people are kind of looking like maybe they're part of something. And that also happens in another movie I watched, which is the one I missed. Well, the one I was looking for when I found this. I liked this one. I think this one is, it has some uh, pretty authentic uh, ghosty scares and some moments of, of the main character having self-doubt about what she has seen or experienced. And a bunch of people who seem friendly at first and then start to have a little bit of an attitude toward her and then become apparently hostile to her. So it builds pretty quickly, and it's only like a 90-minute movie. So you don't have to do two and a half hours of getting to the point. Uh, It does still feel like a bit of a slow burn, but that's okay. It does culminate into something far more interesting. So I'm not spoiling that one. Um, Don't Leave Home, I'm going to try not to spoil that one too much either. This is a... um, this is about an artist who she makes little dioramas of uh, some different mysterious deaths or disappearances. And there's some trouble with her getting her um, artist statement ready on time. 
the gallery lets a uh, critic get a look at everything, take some pictures, and write a review of the show without understanding what the artist's focus was. So they basically make it look like a mess and that it wasn't any good, that it was just sort of uh, cashing in on some unsolved or mysterious disappearances, which was not her intent. So this is a big bummer, but one of the subjects, well, one of the suspects of one of these little dioramas, a disappearance of a small girl in Ireland. She, she's uh, very small. Yes, she's even smaller in the diorama. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, the artist is contacted by somebody in Ireland who says, I represent the guy who was suspected in this case, who was essentially just a disgraced uh, priest who, or well, he wasn't disgraced, but he was suspected and he just couldn't handle the guilt of, of what it felt like to have had something to do with the disappearance. We find out what that something to do is, but they trick her into going over there. Well, this woman tricks her into going over there by saying, we want to buy that piece. We'll pay decent money for that. Good money for that. But we also want you to create something for an auction. So she brings the, the diorama, which fits in a suitcase, a special case, actually. Uh, they buy that, and she has all of her materials there, and then they explain, this woman explains that, uh, that the priest, well, the former priest, is going to um, <clears throat> not be available for a little bit because he's not feeling well. So she goes out and checks out this area that the woman wants her to make the artwork of, and it's this little grotto that's on the property not a hugh hefner style grotto but more of a uh <laughs> like a little clearing <laughs> and there's a bit of a shrine there so she's kind of like oh this is interesting and it's beautiful here and uh i was a little concerned at first because when she's getting ready to head to ireland they did some of that fife and drum with the little tweedly deedly dee kind of flute music and <clears throat> you know the thrumming in the background and i'm like oh no it's gonna be we're going to the land of lucky charms here. But you shouldn't be ashamed of the culture of your own people, Richard. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> no, it, it was very cliche, though. But they, they didn't continue with that very much. So the woman um, finds out there's something more sinister going on, but she doesn't know what it is yet. And she has several dreams that are really weird and isn't sure that they're dreams while they're happening. Don't want to spoil this one, but there is a, um, a very interesting thing that happens. Apparently, the uh, the priest, when he was still a priest, was painting a picture. <clears throat> and this, uh, this little girl was posing, looking at this shrine. And some light hit in just a certain way. And she vanished into thin air and also vanished from the painting. And that was so upsetting to him because he felt like he caused it in some magical way. So he left the priesthood. So the story goes from there. So we get that, that story. Finally, I do recommend seeing, uh, both of those, uh, don't leave home. And, uh, what was the other one? I said, uh, midday demons. Midday. Yeah. Both were from, uh, 2018. Um, so there's that, uh, and we're, you know, in plenty of time before St. Patrick's Day. If anybody yeah. wants to make up a batch of green beer and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the best uh, Irish horror movie I've seen in recent years was um, Sea Fever from last year. Sea Fever? Yeah, it's one about the uh, Irish fishing, fishing vessel goes out into the Atlantic and uh, ends up where they shouldn't. And there's Lovecraftian things lurking there. Oh, I'll have to check uh, that one out. I, I did. I did talk about it before, but it's, uh, yeah, I thought that one was really good. That rings a bell, as you said it, but, uh, uh yeah, it, get, it gets on with it. Uh, you know enough about the people, but, you, um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't over explain itself or anything, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Awesome. Yeah, checked out. So Rawhead Rex, uh, when's the last time you saw it, Jolien? Uh, about a month ago. Oh yeah, because so it came up on uh, Shudder, and uh, you know I'd, I'd never seen it before, so uh, 
I, I'd only seen the, the photos of the creature and so on in Pangoria. And you're like, ooh, this is going to be a yeah. treat. I can't yeah. wait. My lucky charms worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I knew it wouldn't be good. I, I enjoyed the original story, which was set uh, around where I grew up in, in Kent, England. Um, and uh, I, I knew it was uh, they'd relocated it to Ireland. But uh, they kept the same basic premise. Um, it's an actual folkloric creature called, uh, uh, he's, he's called various names like Bloody Bones and so on. Hmm. But they use the Rawhead Rex name in this one. Wow. Yeah. And he's described in the Clive Barker story as uh, a phallus with teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have this, it's this kind of ogre that rups out the uh, earth due to... Uh, uh, being, you know, they, they discover the stone on uh, farmland and, and dig up the stone, and uh, he uh, it kind of generates this, uh, raises the testosterone levels in the local area, and uh, <laughs> uh, local uh, is it vicar? Um, he uh, he recognizes that it's this pre-Christian creature with uh, amazing powers so he he switches his allegiances to the to rawhead rex um and uh that's why you end up with seeing uh, uh, a couple of scenes in this movie that you don't see in most monster movies <laughs> <laughs> um but you've also got this uh, couple there's, there's this uh, fellow who's uh, dragging his his wife and little boy around the country uh, looking at uh, various ancient sites and church lands, and uh, she she's American, isn't isn't she? She's supposed to be. I don't, I don't know yeah. if the actor actually is. Um, she's been she's been pretty patient, uh, and and when the like uh, the uh, yeah she she uh, uh, well anyway they they got this this kid who's uh, always reading. Uh, superhero comics and uh, um, <laughs> he's, he's been pulled around the country as well by this quest and uh, uh, yeah uh, various fates ensue that you don't expect um, uh, you see way too much of the monster <laughs> yeah but uh, I, I found this quite enjoyable it's, it's not I don't think it's a a good movie it's it's got this really strange uh uh viewpoint on it because it's i think is it the director's italian uh let's see the director is george pavlou a london-based british horror science fiction and thriller film director okay i'm sorry yeah um two of which two of them were clive barker it says so okay i'm not sure what the other yeah, one yeah i uh, i didn't think this was terrible but yeah they showed the monster way too much yeah you get bored especially with it. since the monster did not look very good yeah um he couldn't move his head it was part of his shoulders so that didn't help uh he looked like the worst of the stuff from evil dead 2 you know the we are yes. the things that were and shall be again. You know, those guys that uh, Ed, I think one of them was named. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of looked like somebody tried to make one of those faces, but then just glued a bunch of hair onto it. And then said, you know what? We can't really figure out what to make the body look like. Let's just put him in this this uh, hair metal looking costume. Because... That's what he would have been buried in hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Sure. That, that, that all calculates. So the stained glass windows didn't look believable. I thought they were very pretty. They were pretty, but they didn't look very believable. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what did, okay. What did work in this movie visually? Not even talking about script. The camper park? That looked believable, didn't it? I thought it was pretty well shot. And... Yeah, I thought it was, it was shot well enough, you know. Uh, everything looked, you know, 
reasonable. The acting wasn't too, too bad. Uh, it got on with it, and, you know, it was basically my only problem was they showed the monster too much. Yeah. If they had cut around the the monster, you know, and left a lot more to the imagination, it, it would work better. Yeah. Um, Maybe if you never saw the monster's face. That would have worked probably better. Like maybe glimpses, like like it's yeah, it's like barely when it lit was in the field and and the uh, what was his name? Halloran, something Halloran. Uh, I don't remember the photographer who was. Oh, Howard Hallenbeck. Sorry, Hallenbeck. Yeah, Howard. Uh, yeah, when he saw him standing in the field. I was like, okay, that's about as good of a shot we, uh, of the monster we should get. Yeah. That we should get. Yeah. I kind of wished um, this had been filmed like 25 years earlier when uh, we were really good at making pastoral horror and you had a sense of the old ways of the country. Yeah. And uh, the, the eruption of sexual forces into a repressive... Ooh, uh, yeah, you know, church-run country, and uh, and you wouldn't have been able to show the monster. Uh, you, they'd have to work around showing him as much. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish that it had gone that way. So maybe ripe for a remake. It seems yeah. it seems like they could tune up this story quite a bit and easily like. The trouble is now they would just CG those special effects, and if they didn't CG them well enough, then it would just look terrible in a different way. Yeah, yeah, they would just CG the hell out of it, and <laughs> also there'd be a lot of explanation behind what Rex was and what the fertility goddess was and all that. Yeah, a lot of explanation. It'd yeah. also be like an hour lead in before we ever got anything <laughs> and that, that ending with the light show would have got on for much longer oh yeah now this wasn't too far off in number of years from when uh uh lair of the white worm was made and, mm -hmm. and i it was the same year was it yeah yeah that sounds about right uh that one i like that a lot yeah and yeah, that's a much better movie yeah, I don't even remember there being a creature in it other than Amanda Donahoe's character uh, when she would sprout fangs. But I didn't need any other monsters in it. I mean, I think they yeah, did finally show something toward the yeah, end. Yeah, you got the giants. Snakes. Uh, white worm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't remember just now talking about it whether they actually ever showed it. <clears throat> Which tells you they don't need to. Uh, at least not very much. Right. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it shows up at the end. It does, yeah. So what's the big triumph of this movie? The fact that they went ahead and made it? Uh yeah, as, as I say, I wish they uh, had more either more poetry, well, definitely I wish I could have seen a version which was more like the story and its feeling for the old country and a bit of more poetry to it. Um this one it kind of uh didn't quite get there and it and uh you kind of went with the um, cheap exploitation, which is uh, which is fine for a, an old movie. But uh, you know, they have that, that woman who turns up in the caravan purely to get her dress ripped off. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty obvious. Um, like, oh, movies of the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that was the Phoebe Cates moment of the movie. <laughs> you know, what we should do is see if we could overdub "Moving in Stereo" by the Cars. <laughs> over, over that scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this this one, uh, they obviously cut corners. I don't know, like, or or they spent a lot of money and this is what they ended up with. But I, I didn't really look at the budget on it. I don't know if there is. It, it was pretty low budget. Um, yeah. It's like a million and a half pounds or something, I think I saw. It was pretty low budget. Yeah. Well, they brought it. They brought it in under ninety minutes, Will. So, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah it didn't outstay its welcome, definitely. No, no, it, it moved along. It, I mean, 
if they could have spent more money on the on the monster or hit it better, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would have been okay. Okay, little uh, B film. Because yeah. it's it's not terrible right now. I I I watched it. I watched it all the way through. I couldn't say the right. same of Banshee Blacktop. <laughs> yeah, I had to get up and walk closer to the TV when uh, Rawhead Rex was baptizing that guy. I'm making air yes. quotes. <clears throat> I'm like, is he peeing on him? Yes. He was peeing on him. Mm-hmm. What the hell was that? Yep. Did either of you catch a reason why that was a... a he, was, he was anointing him in his own way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it kind of made me think that this was, this was just like... A, they sort of explain like it's the religion or the, um, or the worship of a creature that predates Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that's always an interesting thing in movies when they say, this is the old religion or this is from the old times, the before times when, uh, you know, before your God came along. You know, there's always those kind of things that just sort of cast this different mood over things when you have characters that know that or understand that or they are part of it. And this one is just like, yeah, he's from back when they used to dress like this and pee on you. <laughs> to, yeah. to baptize you. <clears throat> but he did give it a bit of that blasphemous vibe, which was kind of cool. You know? Yeah, he's pretty contemptuous of him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so. That, uh, I would have appreciated... Oh, that, 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 he, he does... I, I, I mean, if you want awards for chewing the scenery... Declan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's such yeah. a dick right out of the gate. Even when he's not a dick yet, he's a dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Declan, uh, that priest, uh, Declan O'Brien, his character's name was. Right, uh, right. Yeah. He, he, he's, and, he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> and then the other the other reverend was uh, uh, Reverend Coot. He was the one that was being a little more uh, helpful and affable. <laughs> but then he ended up losing his damn mind, too, because he touched the thing that was under the altar. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really catch what that was supposed to be—some sort of sacred stone or something. It was a—it was like a Venus of Villendor. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's Earth Mother sort of figure, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was a fertility god-looking thing. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So why that? Uh, it was a female to counter Rex's. Maleness. Yeah, because he's he's like a super male monster. Yeah, he's yeah. That that doesn't really come across in the movie. Nah. You know, in the book, I mean, yeah, he's a big phallus, and uh, he doesn't just eat people. I remember. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot more unpleasant. Oh, okay. I, I never I read the thing. I read it a long time ago. It's probably the first Clyde Barker. It's a short little. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one thing. of the first uh, books of blood. Yeah, and I remember being uh, kind of freaked out about it. I was thinking about this last night after, uh, uh, or maybe this afternoon after watching. Was like, when did I learn about Clive Barker? Because I read Stephen King, and I just remember it was like. <sighs> Uh, just knowledge that was out there. I don't know where I would have picked it up that Clive Barker was scarier than Stephen King. And uh, and so I had to read him, and I was like, oh, my God, this is freaky. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't know where, because I was fairly young. I was probably fourth grade when I was reading Stephen King. Where did I even hear about Clive Barker? Yeah, probably. Well, uh, you you probably heard of his books before you heard of Hellraiser. Yeah, I think so. It may have been around the same time. That may be it. It may be from Hellraiser. Yeah, because people were like, "No, this dude's an author, and he's, you know, already yeah, that's published." Probably where where it came up came from. Do you think he's got? Do you think he's got one more in him? Do you think Clive Barker could give us another another Hellraiser? That isn't a Hellraiser. Do you think he, he could give us something that's on par with that story-wise? Did they do Hellraiser in space? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's okay. that's another case of stickering over another script. That's yeah, just they're rebooting that. I think they might be doing it as a TV series. Oh wow, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, they 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 might want to pull back on the uh, on uh, giving us too much of the Cenobites though. Yeah, because you know you got yeah. you, you got to want them. You got to be waiting for them. Yeah. Um, real quick, before I forget to ask, uh, one of the things I didn't mention on my recently watched was uh, that new series Clarice, which is about uh, Clarice Starling a year after the Buffalo Bill thing from Silence of the Lambs. I'm really digging this series. Um, what is this song? CBS. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's on like Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. And uh, we have that app, uh, All Access, the CBS All Access, so you can watch stuff after it's, I think, 24 hours. They, they drop it into that queue and you can watch it. But uh, that just sort of made me think of Clarice because here's something that's doing it right. They're pacing it properly. They're revealing certain things and, um, and giving you some terrible stuff. And it's all like at the right pace. And I think it's hard to do that with TV. You know, there's, there's either like, we don't know how to time it for 48 minutes that turns into an hour of TV, or we're worried about getting canceled. So if we don't dazzle them right away, or, oh, it sweeps, you know, we got to do this or that. There's always so much crap that goes into it that doesn't have anything to do with storytelling. Well, it has to do with it in the sense that it screws it up. But uh, <laughs> once in a while, somebody does it right. And that one's doing it right. So, Good, huh? yeah, I kind of hope to see if they're going to do Clive Barker stuff, do it like that. You know, pace it properly. You know, we don't... We're, we're, well, uh, the... The Hellraiser movie series, the franchise, uh, I think it was, it was owned by the Weinsteins, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted their own Freddy because that was a thing at the time. Right. And uh, so, you know, I think after the third one, uh, some of the scripts were they, were, they had nothing to do with the Hellraiser concept. Right. But uh, Weinstein would, would have the script and then uh, say and then say to the director or uh, screenplay writer, stick a Cenobite in this. We'll yeah. put it out as a Hellraiser yeah. movie. Wow. Yeah, shoehorn a Pinhead in here. In, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but but Pinhead doesn't drive a hot rod. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Uh, but if you look at the original movie, it's uh, they're not even the main villains of the the piece. It's the there's this family. It's all about this family and this this woman who's bringing back her lover. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we the... should cover those at some point on the show. I think that would be cool. Oh, I've, I've only watched up to three. That's I've a gone, gone down I that rabbit hole. That, I believe that's all I ever watched was three. That's a cutoff so point that one, should be observed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you notice in Rawhead Rex the uh, inn they were staying in was called the Tall Man? Yeah, I did notice that. I, I kind of wondered if there was a phantasm tie-in, or if they just didn't realize they had done that, or if there was a real place called the Tall Man Inn. That's quite possible. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the stammering dork. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, did, did you guys have much more much more to say about Rawhead Rex? No. All right. no I don't think so. Um, if you hear rumblings and grumblings about uh, they're gonna they're gonna make a remake, uh, are you in favor of that? Do you do you want to give only if Rob Zombie directs? <laughs> and it stars Glenn Danzig on no, still. I'm afraid Rob Zombie's uh, busy doing Banshee Blacktop. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The remake. <laughs> okay, then we'll get Danzig. Yeah. Oh God. Or we can get Danzig to play Rawhead Rats. Yeah. Yeah. In in lots of forced perspective shots. <laughs> Just like his music videos. Just like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that Mila Jovovich movie. Um, d- does she do any swimming through the air when she's been hurled or or blown away by an explosion? Because Tom Cruise does that, it makes me just. 
Oh yeah. It just, he, he, yeah, he's he's like uh, Wiley Coyote, isn't he? He really. Is. If he moves his limbs fast enough, he'll get back on the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's something that happens in a movie and an explosion propels somebody and they're able to just sort of swim through the air and safely land somewhere, it makes me want to just shut the movie off. No, she gets she gets uh, straight off like just flung. Yeah, that's good. She goes hundreds, hundreds of feet, whacks into a something metal or rock. Yeah. I wonder if she, if she ever thought this is where her career would go. <laughs> it's a, it's weird. Uh, her, her one musical album that <clears throat> came out back in the '90s was really good. Like, really? she's a very talented singer. Yeah, never heard it. Wow. Yeah, you might check it out. I, I mean, I could, I could be fondly remembering something that I don't like as much on the re-listen, but uh, I do remember she has a really good voice. So there's that. So did Rawhead Rex merit a uh, 4K restoration? Or could they have just left this on VHS? I mean... Uh, uh, A no-K restoration. (laughs) No-K. Yeah. dubbed straight from a videotape. They projected it onto a bed sheet and filmed it. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I've seen bootleg things that were like that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this this one, uh, they could have left it alone. I don't think anyone needed it to be a 4K restoration, but you know what? You did it. Hopefully you got your money back. I don't know how, but hopefully you did. Uh, so let's do the recommends. Um, guys, Banshee Blacktop. Highly recommend. <laughs> Buy it. Put, put Don't t- watch it on Shutter. Just order it straight from Amazon. It'll put you right to sleep. You'll want it in your collection. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I got a few of no, my bought. No. Avoid that movie. <laughs> yeah. It it was it was pretty hard to stay with it. And if you've had a few green beers. I'd put on Rawhead Rex and have Definitely. a couple laughs. Yeah. yeah. You'll have you'll have some laughs for sure. That, yeah, goes, you know. that goes with beer really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. imagine. <clears throat> you know? So, uh... Should, should be an actual beer brand. Ooh, that's... Rawhead Rex does sound like a good beer brand. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be a stout. Get Rexed. <laughs> yeah, get Rexed. Um, so Jolien, uh, Banshee Blacktop, not, can't abide that one. No, not unless they put out the cut of just the countryside. Okay. And, um, Rawhead Rex. So yeah, with the proper, with the proper amount of beer. And then the other two that I mentioned, I, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, check these out. Um, yeah. you know, maybe I'm naive and, and foolish, but I did enjoy these other two that I talked about. And, uh. Yeah, there it is. So next time, Jolien, it's your pick. Do you have anything in is mind? Hmm, no. Okay. The listeners could be surprised. It's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> so, Will, that's your that's your warning that one week from now we're going right. to be asking you the same question. <laughs> I'll start looking for something now. It's like, what? There's no Rawhead Rex sequel? Oh, dead, dead Rexening. Rawhead Rex 2. Uh, the Rexening? Yes, the Rexening. Uh, cool. Well, I think we we got everybody through to St. Patrick's Day with some Irish horror, some some do watch and some don't watch. Yep. Since and, you're, you'll be spending your St. Patrick's Day indoors this year. Right. Most people will, except in Texas. And... Um, if you really just want to see what Jennifer Aniston was doing before Friends, you could watch Leprechaun. Yes. Um, the special effects are pretty dazzling in that, too. So that's always out there. I'm sure it's behind a paywall because we did it about a year ago, didn't we? <clears throat> when we were talking about Leprechauns. And I remember that we put in parentheses uh, behind a paywall. Yeah, they're probably behind a paywall. Why? Just because it's right before uh, St. Patrick's Day, yeah. so they want to yeah. get some money. If you have access to the Peacock 
streaming service. I think there's there's at least five of the Leprechaun movies in there. Wow, uh, that's that's about four too many. <laughs> well, it depends on who you ask, but Leprechaun in Space. Leprechaun in the Hood is a <clears throat> classic. Yeah. You get that Patterson Gimlin film looking quality of Coolio. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what started it all, Will. This that's what's that's, there it is. That, yeah. That's what gave me the idea to ask you guys uh, for for different reasons to make a podcast. <laughs> Your observations of horror movies. All right. Well, should we call it a show? Okay. You should call it a show. It's a show. Hey listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>